when we are worried and stressed out, in addition to not fully showing up for our clients and not getting great results, often we will fall back on our coping mechanisms. Now, as coaches, hopefully we have healthier coping mechanisms than most people typically resort to. But there is also the story of the cobbler's children that have no shoes. And the coping strategies that we will use sometimes, like, for example, ignoring how much money we need to have in the bank account or shying away from selling because it feels icky and desperate, if we fall back on those coping mechanisms, it leads to vulnerability. Vulnerability in the practice, vulnerability personally. Because if we're not doing the things to put a fundamental structure in place, we are more and more vulnerable to those figurative saber-toothed tigers. You are an amazing human being. You're a coach or expert who works hard to make a positive difference for your clients. I'm Joss Willard, and my mission is to help good coaches like you make great profits so you can live an amazing life helping the people you're meant to serve. This podcast is here to help with that. We'll be bringing you the information, resources, experts, and perspectives to allow your practice to make a difference support the life you want, and reward you fairly and well for the impact that you bring. Welcome to Profit for Coaches. Worry. Worry messes with our heads. It messes with our ability as coaches to show up for our clients in the way they need us to. I'm Joss Willard, host of Profit for Coaches. And on today's episode, we're going to talk about worry, and in particular, a formula that we can use that is very simple, but very effective to change our focus, to get us working on the things we can control and making things better, which is what we do as coaches every single day. Enjoy the episode. Real quick, before we get started, I want to make sure that the time you invest here is profitable. And the best way to do that is to make sure you grab a copy of the free ebook, The Four Must-Haves for a Profitable Coaching Practice. It's absolutely free. It's worth every penny. It outlines the four areas that every profitable coaching practice on the planet has in common. And thus, they're the four things that you must have nailed down in your coaching practice if you want it to be consistently profitable. So if you want an easy to understand, very specific tool that makes it crystal clear where to be focusing your attention in your practice and what you can safely ignore to ensure that your practice is consistently profitable and supports the life that you want to be living, go to ProfitForCoaches.com and download your copy of the four must-haves for a profitable coaching practice today. Dale Carnegie is known best for his book, How to Win Friends and Influence People. He also wrote another book called How to Stop Worrying and Start Living. Some of it I agree with, some of it I take a slightly different path on, but the fundamentals are the same. Here's my take. Worrying is a waste of time and resources. It's proven to be bad for your health. The long-term effects of having too much cortisol in the system, of not getting enough sleep, of eating unhealthily, and all of the other unhealthy coping behaviors that we resort to when we're worried could fill a library. Worrying is not useful, but we do it anyway. We're hardwired to do it, kind of. When we get into the psychology and the physiology of fear and the lizard brain and how it kicks in to keep us alive in life or death situations... Well, in short, it's designed for us to be able to very quickly respond to an animal jumping out of the bush trying to eat us. It keeps us alive in the short term at a cost long term. One of the things that we as humans suck at is evolution. The reason we suck at evolving is because we're very good at making our environment change to suit us, which gives us a ton of advantages, but it also has some fundamental disadvantages. 
One of them is, as I said, that we don't evolve very well or very much. We see this show up in the food sensitivities that we have now and the fact that so many people wear glasses because of the way that our eyes were designed to scan the distance and now we spend so much time looking at computer screens up close, for example. The explosions in anxiety, stress, and worry, all of that is because our body still reacts the way that it did however long ago it was that we first had to worry about saber-toothed tigers jumping out of the woods. What we worry about has changed for most of us. Now, most of what bothers us, most of what we worry about isn't the thing that's going to kill us immediately. It's more like, are we making enough money? Will I be able to send my kids to the college they want to go to? Will I bring in enough clients next month? How do I make sure that my spouse feels loved? The things that we worry about have changed. But how we respond to worry, how our bodies respond to stress hasn't changed. So the long-term costs to our health and to our lives isn't worth the short-term gain. Fortunately, we do know how to adapt, if not evolve. When you couple that adaptability with the skill of adapting our environment, as well as being able to use our imagination and hijack and leverage our knowledge of how the brain works, and we can beat this worry thing. Okay, Josh, so why does this worry thing matter when we're talking about profitable coaching practices? Well, there are a number of ways. It's really hard to make money if you're stressed out about money. It's really hard as a coach to show up for your clients when you're all stressed out. And if you're an anxious coach, you don't typically inspire confidence in your clients. When we are worried and stressed out, in addition to not fully showing up for our clients and not getting great results, often we will fall back on our coping mechanisms. Now, as coaches, hopefully we have healthier coping mechanisms than most people typically resort to. But there is also the story of the cobbler's children that have no shoes. And the coping strategies that we will use sometimes, like, for example, ignoring how much money we need to have in the bank account or shying away from selling because it feels icky and desperate, if we fall back on those coping mechanisms, it leads to vulnerability. Vulnerability in the practice, vulnerability personally. Because if we're not doing the things to put a fundamental structure in place, we are more and more vulnerable to those figurative saber-toothed tigers. So we don't want to worry about things. We also don't want to ignore the potential for bad things to happen. Like I said, we want to make sure that we've built fundamentals in place in our practices so that if things pop up, we are more resilient, we are more resistant to them, we can handle them, solve them, and move forward. One of the ways to do that that Carnegie mentions is he quotes Sir William Osler, who was the guy who founded the John Hopkins School of Medicine, did a whole ton of other things as well. But Osler was quoted as saying, live in daytight compartments. And basically what he means is don't stress out about yesterday or about tomorrow. Today is the day you can control. And this is part of where the mindfulness can come in, right? Focusing on the now, because this moment is the only moment you know you have. And that's good. Mindfulness is a tool. It can be very useful when it's used correctly. But here's where it can go sideways. When mindfulness morphs into live for today, that's not the same thing. Eat, drink, and be merry for tomorrow we die. Not the same thing. This is where it can fall down. And Carnegie addressed this in the book too. He says, you do have to give some thought for tomorrow, but don't give it anxiety. Don't give it worry. 
All right, so how do you give some thought for tomorrow without falling prey to anxiety or worry? Well, one, pick your destination, right? We've talked about this. When you choose your destination, you know where you want to go. That's a thoughtful, deliberate process. And then you bring your eyes back down to the road and you focus on what do I do today to drive the correct vehicle down the correct path to get me to that destination, right? The other thing is we wind up with detours. Stuff happens. So how do we handle that? How do we handle a looming negative? Well, Carnegie has a great tool for that. It's a three-step process. Number one, ask yourself, what's the worst that can possibly happen? And not like the, you know, I'm about to jump off a cliff, YOLO, what's the worst that can happen? No, no. Do some research, do some thinking. What is literally the worst thing that could happen here in this case? Step two is prepare yourself to accept that if you must. It doesn't mean that we become a pessimist and go, well, I guess things are never going to get better. Nothing I can control. This, this is terrible. We're not, we don't settle for the terrible thing. What we do is say, okay, if all of the things that are out of my control turn in the unfavorable way for me, if everything that is outside of my control happens in the worst possible way for me, this is the worst thing that can happen and it'll happen. And it's just being able to say, okay, if, if, if this is what happens, this is what happens. Take a deep breath, let go of it, and then move on to step three. Step three is calmly proceed to improve on the worst. In other words, once you've realized, okay, this is the worst that can happen. This is, these are the things, all the things I can't control happen. This is the worst it could turn out. Great. So what can I do now that could minimize that? What could I do now that would make that worst case scenario slightly less worse? And then what could I do to make that slightly less worse? And then what could I do to make that slightly less worse? Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. This works especially well in emergency crisis type situations, but it's also great for day to day. Matthew Kimberly was on the show a few episodes ago and he talked about the what happens if question, right? And his fascination recently with how do I disaster proof my coaching business? Well, this is good for that. Start with the worst. Prepare yourself. Okay, if that's the worst, what would I do? How would I make it better? And then what can I do now to improve on that? And the reason that we want to do this is because it changes our focus. Now, one of the challenges when I, when I introduce this to people that I often hear is, well, that's great for a disaster, Joss, but what about day to day? You know, we don't want to become pessimists. We don't want to become even quote unquote realists. We don't want to be manifesting these negative things by focusing on the worst that can possibly happen, right? We don't want to be creating it in the universe. We don't want to be programming our confirmation bias. We don't want to be programming our reticular activating system to guarantee that things are going to be the worst possible case. And that's true, but that's not what we're doing here. And that's the beauty of it. We're not focused on the worst case scenario. When we're worried is when we're focused on the worst case scenario. In fact, when we're worried, we don't even know what the worst case scenario is. We're constantly bringing up, what about this? What about this? What about this? What about this? Because we don't know. It's the unknown. The unknown is always seems to always be worse than the known, right? So what we're doing here is we're removing the danger from the worst case. We're removing the focus from the worst case. Once we've said, okay, if the worst case happens, this is what it'll be. Now we're focusing our brains on how to make it better. We're leveraging our psychology. We're leveraging loss avoidance instead of letting it control us. Our focus is on what am I doing to make it better instead of what am I losing? What could I potentially lose? How bad, how bad could it be? Instead, it's how much better am I making things every day? 
It's about focusing on gratitude and growth rather than fear and loss. It's about making decisions based on positive future building by accepting and acting on what we can control today rather than reacting based on fear of losing things that we don't know to things beyond our control. And I know there's a lot of stuff out there. We don't know what we don't know. We don't want to get caught up in becoming preppers, right? In trying to predict every possible bad outcome that could happen. That just leads into a worry cycle. That leads into anxiety, downward spiral. We don't want to do that. So don't do that. I'm not suggesting sit down and ask yourself, what's the worst thing that could happen? What are all of the terrible things that could go on in my life? But you can still use this tool to give you more flexibility, more resilience around even the unexpected. It's pretty simple. You ask yourself, okay, if the unexpected happened, and I don't know what the unexpected is, but if something completely unexpected happened, what's the worst that could happen? Okay, well, if that's the worst that could happen, what could I do now to make that better? What can I do now to give me more resiliency, to give me more flexibility, to give me more ability to respond to these unexpected things that I can't predict? Well, one of them is, get really good at using this. Get really good at saying, okay, I'm in a situation that I wasn't expecting. What are the facts? Based on those facts, what's the worst thing that can happen? All right, I'm prepared to accept that. Now, what can I do? What can I control right this second that will allow me to make that not as bad? Okay. So if we ask ourselves, well, what's the worst thing that can happen if something utterly unexpected that we've never planned for? Well, the worst thing that can happen is everything that we know in the world changes, right? Like, okay, great. Well, If everything that we know in the world changes, what can I do to make that not as bad? Well, I can give myself flexibility. I can give myself tools. Okay, I know that I'm going to want to use this process. So how can I make sure that I'm more likely to use this process rather than panic? Okay, well, maybe I can put this process in a book, in a journal, in something that I'm going to read on a regular basis to remind myself. Okay, maybe I can practice using this three-step process in my day-to-day because that will make me more used to doing it. Uh, Maybe I can focus on building a cash reserve in the business because a cash reserve money is often going to be helpful in giving one flexibility and giving one options. Maybe I can go ahead and build my practice in a way that allows me to be location flexible, location independent. So if uh, everything we know in the world changes, I still have the ability to deliver value if I have to move completely. Those types of things, right? It's just asking. The purpose of this, the ultimate effect of this is changing your focus. So instead of being panicked about all of the terrible things that could happen or being worried about one particular terrible thing that could happen, instead we're focused on how do I make life better? And really, as coaches, isn't that what we're supposed to be doing anyway? That's it for this episode of Profit for Coaches. I've been your host, Joss Withard. To make sure you never miss a new episode, go to ProfitForCoaches.com to subscribe now. You'll also find all the show notes, resources, guides, links, freebies, and other goodies that we mention on the show. Plus, we've got some special bonuses there just for our subscribers. So to make sure you profit fully from this and each new episode of Profit for Coaches, go to ProfitForCoaches.com now.